Well, today's episode is brought to you by West End, South Australia's most iconic beer. Now, it's a clean, fresh draft beer. There's nothing more local, nothing more South Australian than cracking a red tin. We would meet up at um, his place and his now wife would be inside and we'd be out the back having a beer and we'd be talking about all these plans and we wouldn't tell her what we were talking about. <laughs> she eventually got sick of it and she's like, I know what you guys are up to. You're making gay porn. <laughs> I know it. Well, they actually weren't making that, but they have been making a truckload of money and having a great time doing it. Seven years ago, good mates Dale Smedley and Sean Trevelyan invested $1,000 each to create Golf Gods, a retail company that celebrates the quirky side of the game. Think Happy Gilmore, think Caddyshack, and you're on the right path. Golf Gods is a company that boasts that it's not your everyday golf brand. This is the story of two buddies that had a dream and have turned it into reality. Now, just a heads up, there is some colourful language and some adult themes in this episode, so use your discretion in case there's some little ears around. Right, strap yourselves in. These boys are absolute rippers. Welcome along to the Soda Room, a place where we get to know the real stories behind some of the biggest names in the game. It was like we had won the grand final. I just got some new boots. It was something yeah. special for me. Did you understand the significance of that moment? Oh, yeah. Nothing compared. That's what I thought I had to do as a leader. You've got the same undies on. <laughs> I've got exactly the same ones on. Well, this is it. The golf gods are in the building. Sean Trevelyan, Dale Smedley, gentlemen, welcome along. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, I know about your reputation. I know you guys have done wonderful things and you've turned a great idea between mates into a multi-million dollar business, but I know that everything's based on fun, isn't it, essentially? Yeah, absolutely. Everything we do has to have an element of fun in it, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that's why it's succeeded. It's, you know, most people like to have fun and can relate to that, so that's what we base our business around. Well, on that premise then, we want to have fun. I've organised some drinks for us. So our, uh, this is our friends, unusual. Our friends at West End <laughs> have ensured that we've got them. It. So we've got the retro beautiful. West End cans. Boys, so we could just uh, give them a little yeah. crack. Yeah, beautiful. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Uh, great to have you in here. Uh, what better way to do a podcast than beers? Hang on, I'll just put the uh, esky down here. Now, your story is remarkable. It's essentially, as we heard, two blokes put a bit of cash in, got sick of doing what they were doing and just wanted to have some fun and create a new lifestyle. Is that how it's rolled out? Pretty much. We, we always used to chat when we were tradies that mm. um, we wanted to start a business together. We had no idea what that was and we would just come around after work and you know have a few beers and chat and didn't think of anything of it. And then, yeah, the idea came up of uh, let's do something in golf and we started playing golf very casually later in life. It ended up being a good niche to uh, start a business in. So, Dale, first up, as a trader, what were you? What was your job? I had a uh, glazing company. We used to do glass pool fencing, glass balustrade, glass staircases, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Sean, what about you? I was a plumber. Right. Oh, so you were elbows <laughs> deep into shit and I, poo and everything. I uh, tried to climb off the ground level pretty early, so I was a foreman or a site manager, so I didn't have to do that side of things. Yep. But, um, yeah, I was in the plumbing trade. So were you both jack of the work you were doing or you were just really keen to do something else together? Yeah, I think we were just really keen to do something. I wasn't that sick of it. It was a good job for me. I was working for myself. So, you know, you could work, you know, knock off at two, three Sundays and go and play some golf. So it was really just something to do together and we'd always chatted about it and yeah, one thing led to another and we started something that ended up being quite successful. I'd always wanted to have my own business. I thought it was going to be plumbing until I understood what that would mean. And I thought, oh, I don't know if that's the right industry to have a business, um, which is how we'd start our chats on, oh, there must be something to do online or there's people out there making money online. How can we do that? And that's what kind of, yeah, I, I liked plumbing. I liked the mm. building industry, but yeah, we were just looking for something else to do together. Right. Are you happy to say how much money you chucked in each to start with? I think the initial investment was $1,000 each. I had to put mine on a credit card because I had no money. I <laughs> had a year in London and I come back flat broke. So when we started, it was... Uh, Funded by the credit card. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially a thousand bucks each. And what year was this? 2015, I think. Yep. Started right. 2015. Yeah. So why golf and, and how did it progress? I'd never played golf. I think I started this six months after 
swinging my first golf club and I, I was terrible. I literally couldn't get the ball off the ground and <laughs> had a, <laughs> a whole set of clubs. And we, the couple of my mates that used to work for us installing the glass, often, you know, the odd job will come up and be pulled out last minute so we can't install it. Landscapers haven't finished. So we used to just started taking up golf after the footy career finished. Yeah, we just enjoyed it. It was a good way to I just had a, a kid, um, mm. a son, and um it was a good way to get away from the wife and kids for a couple of hours. You know, it's a minimum four to six hour sort of event. Absolutely. It's a big commitment. <laughs> it, it is. And that's what we're finding out now. We don't actually get to play as much as you would think. <laughs> so when you said you were pretty average, yeah. what are we talking? Oh, like well over a hundred. Right. around so um yeah it just said never really genuine played hackers it. genuine hackers yep. yeah it just went from there and, and and we just got that bug and that's what golf right. does to you you get that golf bug and you want to keep going out and playing and yep. do the fake swings inside the house and <laughs> and sean what about your golf game i played a little bit when i was about sort of 18 to 20 but when i say a little bit i was terrible couldn't get the ball off the ground but i <laughs> with the tradies that i've worked with there was a few guys that would on an rdo or whatever would like to have around a golf so i had a set of clubs i hadn't used them in over 10 years when mm. we started this so i hadn't played in a long time and yeah my game wasn't great either. <laughs> do you know so you guys make a living out of golf and yet you're describing yourself as just genuine hackers so there would be people listening now going i can really relate to being a hacker but you guys have been able to make a living out of golf by being a hacker which is brilliant yeah, I think that's what happens in golf. You grow up in golf, you try and start a become a golf pro or mm. you work the pro shop or something like that. And our outlook on golf was just very, very different to that. Um, and I think that's just very relatable to the, the guy that likes to go out and have a hit. As I've been looking at some of your stuff and obviously Golf Gods on Instagram and golfgods.com.au, is it? Or golfgods.com? Golfgods.com, Of course, yep. you don't need the AU when you're going internationally, you boys. <laughs> um, but when I've been looking at the stuff, I get a real happy Gilmore vibe. Mm. Yeah. Would that be fair? Yeah. Yeah. Well, absolutely. if you, I mean, that movie and the, the fun that he brought, that's mm. the attitude we sort of have probably in life as well, not just golf, but when we started playing golf, it didn't matter about if, you know, you've moved your ball under a tree or those <laughs> little things. It was, <laughs> it was more yeah. about being outside with the boys, having a few beers and enjoying yourself. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of what flows into the business now. It's just a, we try to have fun rather than be super serious with it. Right. So, okay. You invest a thousand dollars each Yep. and do what? We bought 10 hats uh, originally. Well, I think we bought 10 hats before the $1,000 investment. We didn't have a website. We had an Instagram page. We sold the 10 hats without a website, just through Instagram and DMing and send me a PayPal invoice and things like that. What were the hats? Where did you get them from? China? Got them from China. Yeah. Never had done manufacturing, never done importing, never done any of that. So negotiated to make these 10 hats, five white, five black. Yeah. They were the most... What? The black was all right. The black hats were all right. <laughs> they were terrible. Like if you look at the quality of hats were... these days, yeah, we, 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 we look back at it now and go, like, what were we trying we were to do? We are proud of the so, time. We're like, yeah. they're ours. You know, we and made them. Had a Golf Gods logo? or Golf Gods, big Golf Gods logo on the, yep. on the front. Just pretty standard cotton hats. What happened from the start though was that they were getting bought from people all over the world. So it wasn't, because it was on Instagram, it wasn't focused on uh, an right. Australia or an Adelaide. It was just yep. on Instagram. So yep. straight away we were game. We didn't know about importing and we didn't know anything about sending something overseas and what that took and <laughs> tracking and <laughs> customs and all of that. It was just like, oh, someone We just took it. the order and worked it out after. Yeah. <laughs> so 10 hats, but yep. there's a bit more behind this because you said you had social media, you had an Instagram page. What, yep. what was that? What were you doing on that? It wasn't just like, here's a black hat, here's mm -hmm. a white hat, you can buy them, was it? No, so we originally we started the the social media page, the, the Instagram page, and it was just posting trick shots. Um, it was 2000 and, the end of 2014. Instagram was really just about taking off, mm. and it was trick shots, golf fails, funny stuff, you know, shenanigans on the course, all very, very different to what the Titleist, the Taylor Maids, that, you know, all the mm. other big brands were putting mm -hmm. out there in terms of content. So what happened, we started posting other people. We didn't even make the content. They would send it into us. We would repost it with their credit and they were loving it. Well, oh, I've got a share on this page that's 5,000 followers and then we got 10,000 followers. So we became that reposting page where people wanted to send us send us the content, we repost it and then they can say, oh, I've been on Golf Gods and things like that. So that's how it sort of started. Right. We didn't tell anyone that we'd started no. the page. So we didn't. I didn't tell my wife girlfriend at the time, but uh, no one, we just had it 
just showing so on you. 10,000 followers was our like big reveal. So then that, I think it took, and we haven't ever documented this now that we're trying to revisit it. Mm. I think it took nearly six months to get to that amount. So up until then <laughs> we would meet up at um, his place and his now wife would be inside and we'd be out the back having a beer and we'd be talking about all these plans and we wouldn't tell her what we were talking about. Do you remember what she said? Yeah. <laughs> so she eventually got sick of it and she's like, I know what you guys are up to. You're making gay porn. <laughs> I know it. You too. Look at you. You're out there secretive. Subsequently, when certain things happened after the business got launched and we told people, I've said to her occasionally, like, do you kind of wish it was that yeah. and not what yeah. we're doing? Like, do you reckon that you could been... be selling gay this porn This before OnlyFans as well. Well, imagine. before. <laughs> imagine the sort of equipment you could be importing from China and selling to I don't the... think anyone would want to see us doing that. But, that would um, be quite remarkable. So we kept it hidden from everyone. We mm -hmm. had a lot of friends that were following the page and didn't know it was us. And got to prank a few mates yeah, we along the way a few mates. before we, we told people it was you us. Know the story and about the prank probably better than I do. So we played golf together and we took a photo holding a Melbourne bitter can with our glove. Mm. And a mate of mine, Ronnie, messages me. He's like, these boys, or he tagged me on the post yeah. and mm. said, these boys know the right beer. And so we wrote back from the Golf Gods page and said, why don't you two have a round and the loser will donate a glove to. So him and I had a round. I lost, so I had to buy him a glove. So... Dale and I gave him the glove next time right. we saw him. We said, oh, we didn't pay for shipping because it's it's our company. And he was just like. He didn't know you, didn't you no were the golf gods. Yeah. No way. So and he was a prank He, made, he made us do a post with a particular hashtag to prove that we were the ones posting on the account. So. <laughs> really? That was one of your mates? Yeah. yeah so. One of your mates. so six months, you've gone purely from just putting content online. And I suppose it's people throwing clubs and swearing when they hit a yep. shit shot, all that sort of stuff. Yep. And got that. to 10,000. Yep. And when did the these black and white 10 hats come on board? They were early. That was like March or February of that year. So we only had a couple of thousand followers when we a couple of, yeah. first. Uh, so they sold pretty much straight away because we off about yeah less than 10,000 followers. Reinvested those 10 hats, what we made from that. Bought, that's, I think, when we invested the $1,000 each. So mm. we bought 100 hats. Yep. I think that cost us about $3 per hat, I think. Mm. Went from there, built, built our own website back before e, uh, sort of online sort of e-commerce and all that mm. was just sort of taking off. So once again, that was good timing. Put those hats on uh, online, sold the 100 hats, and now we're buying 20,000 hats every couple of months. So it's gone from 10 hats to quite a few hats in the last few years. When we when we built our first website, it was a Saturday morning at my house because we <laughs> couldn't do it at his house. And I had a um, housemate, Stephanie, who we've been friends with for Well, you years. couldn't do it at Dale's because your wife thinks you're making gay porn. Yeah, so we had to be <laughs> so outside. So you start doing something there, yeah. So we're sitting there with our laptops and we <laughs> think we're real, like, computer moguls building out this... Uh, well, one of the laptops, the keyboard, didn't actually even work. So, so I had a keyboard really plugged in and <laughs> Stephanie comes out and she's, you know, half asleep. She's like, what are you two losers doing? I'm like, <laughs> we're playing World of Warcraft. And she's just like... Fucking just walked off. We're not gamers, by the way. <laughs> not gamers at all. So she was, and she knew that. She's like, what is going on? So, yeah. It was um, all secret. I'm just getting a feeling right now that this needs to be an Aussie movie. Your story. <laughs> I, I just before we start going down, I need to stop for one moment. If we can turn this into an Aussie movie, like remember uh, Mick Malloy and that, the the bowling, Cracker Jack, yeah, the dish, all the, we need working dog on this, or yeah. let's do it ourselves, right? <laughs> So we make this movie of you blokes that become the golf gods who start off making gay porn and then you're doing all these different things. <laughs> we never made any. No. <laughs> not even a test. Hey, not even a test. This is just a little bit of uh, license that I'm taking when of we course, start. Of making... course. Right, I need to work it. Sean, who plays you in the movie? Oh, God, that's a <laughs> tough question. Who would, um, who would play you? Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> Dar, what about you? Not, I don't uh, have the curly hair, but yeah, I'm uh, big lads. not into movies at all. So, Pick it, who's your favourite actor? Uh, is it Vin Diesel or is it? No, nah, it's... Um, well, you've got the Vin, Vin Diesel haircut. Yeah, Vin Diesel, yeah. So we have Seth Rogen and Vin, Di and yeah. Vin Diesel playing you blokes yeah. on how you've gone from the backyard with a hacked up computer yeah. to turn yourselves into this multi-million dollar business. Right, so... You got things moving. You start to get some more hats, and the hats are they just essentially got the golf gods logo, or you starting yep. to be creative with them? They, the first orders were still the uh, just the normal golf gods logo. The uh, the hats quickly moved into what we call a parody of the Titleist logo. Probably pretty famous word titties on it. Looks exactly like the the Titleist script, yep. but it 
obviously wasn't. For and those people that aren't golfing people, we're talking Titleist is probably the biggest brand ball on the yep. planet. Yeah. So we uh, quickly made those, and um, I think we put them on on Instagram, and it just blew up. Like, we couldn't keep the hats in. Like, literally, we'd put it up on at 5 o'clock at night. We'd be sold out by midnight. And really? Then and all them. around the world? All yep. around the world. So the first orders Jeez. were coming through from Canada, US, literally barely Australian. Um, so there's no postcodes on the internet. So people never knew where they were going to be sent from. Yep. They just liked the product. So that really, really took off us and probably put us on the map. The followers started coming in really, really quickly. We were posting content, what, five times a day, yep. wake up at six in the morning, post something, you know, before we went to bed at 10, 1030, post something. Are you still a plumber and a glazier at this point? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So when we did that um, logo, we launched a couple of others at the same time. So we worked with a designer and so the, I'm allowed to swear here, can't yeah. I? Of course, <laughs> mate, it's a podcast. The Fuck Bogies uh, logo on our putter cover is still the original Fuck Bogies logo, which was launched at the same time. So it's a bit yep. of a legacy logo that we've mm. had. Um, and there's been different iterations of it throughout as well. But so there was a few others at the same time. And um, yeah, we just started to branch out of just our own logoed stuff and started creating other logos and tried to have a bit of fun with that as well. So you've got these hats, titties, yep. taking off Titleist. Surely, does this grab the attention of Titleist and their lawyers? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> it took a little while. We um, we How many sold. How reckon you sold uh, by before they come knocking? I wouldn't want to speculate. It was a good. Couple oh, you hundred. can't because they might hear this, no. might they? No, they but, they know everything already. But um, it was a good couple hundred thousand dollars worth of hats right. with the the logo on it. But then they sued us, and then uh, in Victoria, then they sued us in Delaware, and uh, it become a pretty drawn out saga. That yeah, we, what uh, happened was that they were sort of semi okay from what I understand about the hats; they weren't too fussed. Mm -hmm. Later on, we bought out a bull, a parody bull of theirs, which was the titties. There's a Titleist uh, Pro V1 number one ball in golf. We bought out the titties um, Hovey one, the sluttiest ball in golf. <laughs> so it's very different to theirs, but they. Obviously thought it was sort of like too close. This is when we'd have to go home and say, do you wish it was gay for what we were doing? Are you happy with us selling this? So after we brought it then, they lost oh. their shit. And um, right. yeah, the letters started coming in, trying to engage a few lawyers. That went on for probably two years. Nearly two years, I think. Yeah. When the letters are coming in, for yeah. those two years, you still rolling the product yep. out? Yeah. Yep, still, still selling, still making new products, putting them on that yep. logo on polos, anything we could literally. So titties were everywhere. Titties were everywhere, yep. And they were getting sold all around the world. And, yeah, it was sort of, obviously, litigation cases and things is a stressful time, mm -hmm. especially when you, you know, you don't have a, a whole lot of money. You know, it does, you know, endless nights of no sleep and things like that can get to you. So yeah. so what are they saying? Is it cease and desist or are they saying now we want some money for no, this? No, they, su they sued us in the, I think it was the first the is courts. a cease and desist, yeah. then it said lodged court proceedings and, um, at the end of the day, they just want you to stop. And most litigation cases um, don't see the final courtroom. They all get negotiated out. And it was just a thing of, oh, well, how much are the lawyers costing us to how many titty sats can we sell? And there's a juggling act for a while that, you know, we were selling more titty sats than the lawyers' bills. But then, yeah, when the second court case comes in America, the third comes in the UK, then it starts getting a bit serious and... Uh, yeah, so we agreed to uh, end up stopping that logo. Yep. Uh, sold out our product and agreed mutually to uh, cease selling that, which is fine. And then uh, by that time, we were quite well established and, well, not well established, but it sort of launched the brand. Um, so, yeah, we started selling some other things, which are probably down the same track. Right. So give us an idea. So you've essentially parody on a lot of logos. So, yep. for example, Hungry Jack's here or Burger King in America, yep. you've got Bogey King. Yep. yep. So you're making covers for your, your woods, your hats, hats shirts. Polos, yep. yep. All yep. that sort of stuff. And that's what it is. The parody is sort of, once again, coming lighthearted, bit of fun. Um, not your everyday sort of golf products. And that was our motto right from day one, not your everyday golf brand. So if the, the product we were selling or the marketing mm. we were doing fell in under that, not your everyday golf brand, it's, you know, if it came under that stuff, oh, Tyler, or Taylor made me doing that, that wasn't what, it, what we were going to do it just didn't sort of fit but yeah not your everyday golf motto sort of fits our brand perfectly so you were very clear you had your filter and you knew exactly what you wanted to do so real clarity in what you're producing yep yep yeah which must have been important because i mean it's a pretty competitive market you're playing yeah. in. and i think um like dale said we um not your everyday golf brand but it's like and 
not ex- not even just taking the piss, but just having a bit of a laugh about yep. things. That's just been our outlook on yep. it because that's how we treat our golf because we're not real good. So there's yeah. no point getting too bent out of shape about our golf ability. And we're focused on good quality products and we've worked mm. really hard to get the quality really good. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the logos or the branding mm. or the marketing, it's like, let's have yep. fun with this. Let's enjoy yep. it. Let's just enjoy what we do. So you're doing some equipment as well. I've seen this putter. Yep. I was down at the showroom the other week. Uh, you gave Had to go with it, didn't you? <laughs> I, I couldn't keep my hands off it. <laughs> Can you describe it? <laughs> Dale designed it, so I'll let him talk about it. Is it to scale to anyone? Of course, it's big. That's why right, it's called the so big. W- what is it? Tell everyone what it is. Uh, it's a putter shaped like a dick. Yeah. And it's the, called the, the big dick putter. The big dick putter. Right. And it's... how does the big dick putter go? It's getting sold out well, everywhere? Yeah, once again, that's a real Goes good product. Well. You just don't want to hit the knob, you know. That's the you know, then it goes a bit sideways and things like that. But once again, it comes back for, <laughs> as a as a gag gift. Like we mm. we've moved on and we try to target that got the gift space which is christmas time yep. right now if you're a, a young sort of middle-aged golfer you're probably mm. pretty hard to buy for mm-hmm. the golf gifts is is something really easy yep. um so yeah any sort of buck show golf trips boys golf trips it's mm-hmm. just perfect as a, sort a of, lot of yeah, people sort use of it as the like um if you three parts so say if we're all if there's four of us playing around there's a yep. dick putter whoever yep. three parts has to use the dick putter right. and then it gets passed on so, <laughs> so it's, each it's just a yeah so yeah. Right. if you've three putted you've got yep. it until yep. someone else does right so. you just keep passing the dick around yeah that's oh, yeah. right <laughs> that's interesting um, gay, gay porn it just keeps yeah. existing within this there's a horrible work. theme that continues yeah. to go so okay the titties thing takes off <laughs> right you guys are starting to make some good money yep. when do you quit your jobs at what point <sighs> I think it was about 18 months. So you quit your job first and started working for me installing yep. glass. So that was an easy one. We could go install a glass pool fence in the morning, come back and work on the, the golf stuff, pack yep. some orders. And It was just before the Black Friday would have been of 2016 because yep. we were, it was that summer that we were doing the pool fencing and then yep. had some yep. products to pack finally and make some money out of. Is there any staff at this point or just you two? Not just us. Yep. So you getting the stuff, you're essentially getting the products designed, import them in, yep, and then ship them to wherever they need to be. Yep. yep. Geez, you must have learnt some some uh, info about logistics and planning and yeah, I don't absolutely. know, all these different things. I can't even get my head around what you'd need to learn and it's a bit, little things like having the correct paperwork to bring over your shipment. If you don't have the basically four correct bits of paper, you can't get your product through customs clearance. And then if you don't have that in time, you'll start getting storage fees. All of a sudden your your hundred hats could be cost you double in storage fees and the actual cost of the goods. So right. knowing you've got to get the paper. And that took us a long time. And, well, and part of that challenge was that if you bring over a small amount, it's different restrictions on the dollar value. So when we were getting samples, they come straight in. Yeah. Then you order a big shipment. And you're like, oh, yeah. that's cool. That'll just come in. And then it's like, oh, where's oh, this? You're like, you what do you mean? <laughs> where's that? Piece. And it's and like. Where are you learning this from? Is it all trial, trial and error? error. Trial and error. Do you have some mentors helping you out? No business? We didn't have any mentors people? at that stage no. um, that had done it before or even in e-commerce. It was literally just, just figured it out and cracked on. and Yeah, just having a crack. What a great story. So the titties thing goes big. Yep. Obviously, the Titleist law case, you don't end up having to pay out a whole heap of money or anything to them? No, no payout, just an agreement that we would we would yep. stop selling it and stop manufacturing it. By that stage, we'd had a number of other good products. Obviously, we did quickly touch on the gloves. I don't think they covered. Right, we, have, no, we haven't done it yet. <laughs> there's a, the titties thing's huge, and then, so there's a lot of different logos, parody logos, yep. aren't they? So do you want to just take us through some of those ones, the big, the big main ones now? The cocaine hooker logo, which is... Based off the <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I noticed how just uh, for everyone here, um, Sean just looked and deferred to Dale because he's waiting for Dale to cough this up thinking, well, I'd rather him have to say it than me. So, uh, so you, exactly you've got another brand. This is a takeoff of Callaway? Yep, takeoff of Callaway. Just says cocaine hookers on it. And right. it basically replaced the titty sats that we were selling like pretty much overnight. We yep. sort of knew, oh, well, we can't sell the titty sats anymore. All good. We've got the cocaine hooker hats. We'll just put them in the same colours and they're still one of our best selling. It is our best selling hat today. Right. The cocaine hooker logo is still our best selling parody logo. Yep. Um, we've done a number of others. Uh, we've done a Hack Daniels one, which was based off the Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Got a cease and desist. Got a cease and desist for that one. Right. We don't do that one anymore. <laughs> we did a, a Color Wasted hat, which was a parody off Callaway. Yep. They, so they got a cease and desist for that one. So don't we do don't sell that one anymore. <laughs> we've obviously got the Burger King. We've got the. The Mulligan, which is off Marlboro, the cigarette oh, yeah. logo. Yeah. Um, no cease and desist there yet? 
No, nah, uh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <look. laughs> Probably all good over here. <laughs> right, so you've essentially got your, your key logos now. Yep. You produce them in all the different types of equipment. Now, there's this glove. You do gloves. And I, I looked, yep. and what I loved about your gloves is obviously you, know, you get your stock standard golf glove, but I looked at them. Some of them you've got like skeleton hands. Yep. yep. Another one you've got uh, some marijuana leaves. What, yep. what do you call that? Devil's, Devil's, Devil's lettuce. lettuce. Yep. The Devil's lettuce. Yeah. That's yeah. right. I love it. Um, so they're all edgy and quirky. Yep. But there's. Is the, there's one particular glove. Now, this would be the biggest selling item you've had, is it? This is the number one selling item we've now, got. Now, yeah. tell us about the idea of how this glove came apart. So it was my son's first birthday. As, a, as every first bir- kid's first birthday, the parents get absolutely lit and, you know, we were <laughs> chatting away, everyone's there. And I think there was probably four or five mates still around drinking champagne out of the bottle, wrestling each other on the grass. <laughs> yeah. And one of my mates comes up and says, you guys just need to do this glove. It's, they do it in mountain biking. It's a shot glove, two in the pink, one in the stink glove. <laughs> and we just looked at each other and said, that's a million dollar idea. It took us about 12 months to work through the process of how to print on leather and, and all of that. There was an initial fear of backlash. We thought, is that too far for us? Like we've, <laughs> we'd push the boundaries, but we're like, is it too much? And then we, we just thought it's just good Stuff for the brand. It. And that was, uh, yeah. We need to probably explain some things here for people listening in because some of you probably went, I got it straight away when you, you describe it as... Uh, two in the pink, one in the stink. Again, Sean is deferring to Dale to answer that question. Right? And Sean, you're sitting there giggling like a little 10-year-old boy. Yeah. And it's still funny, isn't it? It's still very funny. So it's essentially, funny. it's a white leather glove. Yep. But your index finger and your, your long finger yep. are pink, pink on the glove. Yep. And your little finger's brown. Yep. I'm the sure anyone listening screen. can start to use their imagination as to the referencing and the, so forth. Neapola, Neapolitana so, ice cream, whatever it's called. <laughs> Strawberry, yeah. chocolate, no, and vanilla. Right. And it's called the shocker glove. Yeah, the shocker glove, yep. This thing is enormous, isn't it? Yep. How many how many items do you reckon you've moved? Like could you oh. even could you even get close to estimating? It's we've probably sold a couple million dollars worth in gloves. It's a million dollar idea. And Amazon in America alone is it just every day orders coming in and orders coming in. It's we just can't keep it in stock. So we sold out. We accidentally sold out on our just before um, Black Friday this year, which is our busiest time of the year. Yep. And number one product sells out. We were filthy. Yeah, so it's it's just hard to keep in stock. So it goes in and out of stock. Um, but when it's well, in, that's very appropriate that it goes we in filthy. and out, given the nature <laughs> of the And we were filthy. <laughs> and you were filthy. You'd like, seriously. So um, <laughs> essentially, so you and your mates sit around, drink beers, have fun. Yep come up with really quirky, crazy ideas, implement them, yep. and it's become amazingly successful. Is that essentially what's happened? Yeah. Exactly. I think the, the Ho-V one was a great example of us, few beers in after work, we need to do a golf ball, we need to yeah. go, and it just kind of flowed, and it was just like, oh my God, I can't believe we the haven't even done that The better ideas we come up with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this glove, for example, you could be down at a very nice golf club, like yep. your Royal Adelaide here in Adelaide, or you know Royal Melbourne, or yep. Kingston Heath mm-hmm. in Victoria. You could walk around with this glove and play and probably no one would even notice. It's the beauty of a glove is that it's, no one knows what people have on their hand. It's mm. not that big a deal. So it's, it's quite a, your group mm. might know if you show them, yeah. but even mm. then they're probably not going to know unless you make a point of it. Have you actually had a hit somewhere and seen people like wearing your gear or your gloves and all of that just by pure coincidence? Yeah. 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 We a lot of, we had a, I think we were playing the executive course at West Beach, like a little 15-hole goat track, average hackers course. And we said before anything, imagine, we saw a couple of little kids coming up. I was like, imagine one day we see um, those guys walking up and they've got golf gods gear on. And I remember saying that to you and it's sort of like, nah, that won't ever happen, whatever. And then when we started, we've done a lots of events, not lots, a few events in America. And you walk around PGA events in America, Arizona, and you've got guys wearing hats, polos, all our stuff, like left, right, and center. We um, when we went to the Australian Open in it might have been 2016, mm. we saw guys wearing our hats, and we were just like, "Holy shit, yeah, that's a golf god's hat!" Yeah, they wore it <laughs> off us. And what was the thought? What, what did you? It think? was a bit like surreal that yeah. these guys are literally wearing it in public. <laughs> yeah, that's not the thing. Just... Even, like even when you go to over America and there, you're just like, you want to go over and hug them. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? it's like yeah, yeah, yeah it's exciting. Us. Thanks for yeah. ripping it, and uh, they love it as well. Like, yeah, it's you don't often get to meet the brand owners of the stuff you're wearing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people in America, they have no idea this is coming out of suburban Adelaide, like Edwardstown where yeah, you yeah. 
Nah, no, no idea. We've just opened up a showroom uh, in Edwardstown, so anyone that's listening wants to come mm. down and say good day, come have a beer. Um, quite, quite sodas and might be able to do a discount for you. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, Nothing tell confirmed you, yet. Nothing confirmed. There's these gloves, guys. Now, there's a white glove. And a... <laughs> Recommended. He recommends yeah. it. Um, when was the first time you saw someone wearing your gear? Can you remember the moment? Was it World Cup of Golf in, World Cup in Melbourne. Melbourne that we went to? Yeah, 2016, I think it was. Mm. So it wasn't that long. You know, we'd only been selling 17, probably 12 months, maybe. Um, merch for probably 12 months, but yeah, it is a it's a strange moment, you know, mm. to have you know walk around a golf course and it never gets them. old. It's always nah. we have a friend will see someone and Two take a photo and send or, it to us. Look, someone on the course wearing your poles. Like, how cool is that? Like it, it never gets old. You get that buzz yeah. every time you Definitely. see it. Yeah. Yep. So handicaps, roughly, what are you done? Uh, my handicap's 18. Yeah, and what about you? <laughs> I don't want to reveal that. I'm, I've been stitched up by my golf club. Yeah. Uh, I'm 25, but right. I didn't know that they don't count social rounds. So I've had four decent social rounds this year, which would bring my handicap down. But, um, yeah, my course make me pay to go in the comp right. to count my score. So Fair I'm 25, point. but I'm, I'm better than that. It's, of course you are, like all golfers. And one of the things I saw, the content on your site was, because you know you do the whole thing of, um, you know, your porn star name is your, the name of your first pet and the street you lived in. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm Gigi Prentice, right? Yeah. What, what would yours be? Um, I'm Curly Bella. <laughs> Hang on. So your, fir your first pet and the first street you lived on. Yeah, so I'm Sky Hume. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, that's that right. actually yeah, legitimately right. yeah. sounds like a porn yeah. star, but a female one. Gay porn, no. Well, oh, correct. We're, we're here again. But I saw one of the memes on your content and it said your shit golf name is the Christian name you were given and your family name. Yeah. And I went, that is perfect. That is your shit golf name, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. essentially, that's yeah, it was your shit golf name. Charged, yeah. Absolutely. I think that yeah. is that is perfect. It's almost better that you blokes don't play off single figures, isn't it? Yeah, we just don't actually brain. get to play. We're, and we just, we brought an out of the box thinking to golf because we didn't grow up yeah. in it. We knew, knew, we knew minimal of the, um, the nuances of, of being a mm. part of a golf course. I got yelled at in a course for having my hat on. I had no idea why I was getting oh, yelled at. In the clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. And just an older lady was just yelling at me and I'm like, yeah. up at him. I'm just, I've just yeah, paid for two rounds. We literally had membership forms of the comments, so which course it was, but. We're looking yeah. at being a member there. We're buying a couple of beers and a schnitzel each, and I'm just getting abused. And I'm like, "What's going on?" And then she the, might have thought that you had the titties. Was it wasn't the titties? Probably hat. Was Go it. Get that that might have been. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why she was yelling at me. The bartender said, "Mate, take your hat off." And I'm just yep. like, "Is this all because is that really? I just got yelled at yeah. by another adult." wearing a hat so there are many golfers listening to this going come on mate don't you know the etiquette well but and i, I do same now thing. i do I now but walked into a golf club earlier in the air and we're all sitting down after a golf day and i'm wearing my hat and they go oh get your hat off and i went oh god sorry yeah, yeah. i forgot all about it yeah. because so those little things we just didn't grow up with them so yeah. we just we were footballers and cricketers mm. that's yeah. what our background was yeah. so it was more the the larrikin vibe that we kind of bring to the brand or bring to golf i think and that's so a lot of people probably, we've had a lot of golfers say, oh, I wish I thought of something like that. But it's like, they probably wouldn't have because they're so used to the straight, straight of golf yeah. and yep. they just don't have yep. the opportunity to see it from the outside the way yeah. they probably did. And I'd imagine because Americans love Aussies yep. and even the fact that probably many of them don't know they're buying an Australian, uh, you know, they're buying from an Australian company. Um, I think that whole taking the piss notion of our type of culture yep. is coming through in your yep. product. So yep. they probably don't even realize that it's Australian sort of influence, but it is Australian influence, so it wouldn't be yep. titties and cocaine and hookers and yeah. bogey king. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And we, when we go to America and we meet the people that we've interacted mm. with, and then it's just such a novelty because they're like, my God, Aussies, you, you guys mm. are so fun. Yeah. You're so funny. And we're like, oh, we're just, we're just normal dudes. A couple Aussie blokes <laughs> that weren't that funny back home. But <laughs> So you've got some traditional type polos like you're wearing now, and yep. this is on the, the video on Spotify and YouTube and so forth. So you've got some pretty traditional type stuff. Yep. But then a lot of your shirts are your John Daly style, loud, yep. colourful, lots of sort of activity on them. Yep. Yeah, we call them our party polo range. And that's sort of what came into that not your everyday golf brand. Every mm. other golf brand will be stripes, block colours, whatever. And what we released was the party polos, the fluorescent colours, the the flamingos, the toucans, mm. the uh, anything that's super, super loud. 
And then in America, that was really, really taking off at that stage where, you know, the scramble, the charity events, they would buy four for their team and they would all wear it. Ah. And it's been pretty popular over there, what, for probably three or four years. Yeah, at least. And yeah. now sort of in the last sort of two years, obviously COVID's done massive things for golf in Australia. Um, in the last sort of two years, it's becoming really quite acceptable acceptable in, in Australia. Yep. Um, and we would obviously wear our stuff, making content, go down mm. to Glenelg and start playing and shoot some content and wear these bright, and everyone will come up and speak to you. It does. It's a conversation starter. Yep. They'll say stuff like, um, you know, do you lose a bet? Do they make them for mm. men? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, they'll, they'll walk another hole to come over and say something to, uh, you know, just because it's different. They don't yep. really see it, especially yeah. the older generation in golf in Australia. So, yeah, that's really, really just taken off. And Australia's only just starting to get around it I think it now. occasionally people feel like they almost like want to have a crack at you, but then because we just laugh about it, go, yeah, yeah, it's just a fun yeah, pie. And they're like, yeah, yeah. oh, cool, okay. Yeah, you guys are all right. Guys. It's all good. Over the past couple of weeks, as I've sort of discovered, you know, what you guys are doing, I've you know, talked to a few friends about it and that. And the one thing that everyone goes, how good is coming up with an idea and then living your dream and being able to do it? And particularly with a mate, so yeah. you can actually share that. Uh, it's just a genuinely remarkable story. And it almost, I started thinking, going, what, what can I do? What can I create? Because you guys have essentially now created a really great future for yourselves. You're having fun at work. You're having beers to get stimulated and then coming up with these amazing ideas. Like it's, it's a pretty remarkable story. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we probably wouldn't have ever done it on our own. And that's what probably some people have got to realize when you've got an idea, if you can get a mate involved or someone else, yep. it's just someone you can lean on. And there were plenty of times early when I'd be like, oh, I'm over this, this is stupid. You know, I'm not doing this anymore, but he would be driven and focused and yeah. do it. And, and vice versa. Sometimes he'd be like, oh, I can't be bothered doing posting this weekend on Instagram or whatever, but I would be still around it. So it sort of played off one another yep. to, uh, to really drive it. How important was that consistency, like you're saying, to That's to the post? number one thing. We never stopped. We, The longest period we had without posting, we think it was like 20 hours, we were at Marion yeah. Bay at a buck show and had no internet reception. And That's then someone nice. finally, one of our mates, had a phone that could get it yeah, and we tethered shot. to him to do a post. And it was about 20 hours. And yeah. that was, other than flying when we were in transit yep. to the US, that was the longest we'd ever gone of just not posting. So, so we'd post five day, times a day, six in the morning, day. all the way through to 10, 11 at night, yep. every single day. I think we've, I haven't last yet, but it's probably 15, 17,000 posts on our Instagram. And are these, and ju- these are not just, a day we've missed. and it's content. It's not just essentially like a, just a polo shirt or something. It's no. actually good, fun, yeah. Yeah. engaging it's, it's stuff. Me, well, a lot of the fun video stuff, but Instagram really sort of previously in the last sort of two years, the memes, the sort of a photo with a caption at the top, yep. that really, really took off. So we were reposting stuff. It wasn't all our own created content, mm. but that's what people liked about the page. Yep. They could send us stuff in the DMs and say, hey, post this funny thing, and yep. they would post it, and then they would share it between all their mates, and they, they just really enjoyed it. So I've got my phone out now, and I'm just going into Instagram. I'll look at the golf gods here. So followers, 581,000, yep. 14.3 thousand posts. Yep. There you go. Cool. And um, Sean and I were doing – nearly every single one of those posts. It's only just recently that we've uh, got more staff to be able to do the posts, someone else do the posts. Right. So that's the commitment. And, you know, when you say, oh, I want to build a social media page, I want to get followers, try and post 10,000. <laughs> yeah, there's the, there's the glove. <laughs> just as you are talking, I've looked at the Shocker glove and it, yeah, it, it's quite remarkable. Go check it out. Golfgods.com. Um, <laughs> you, you need to go look at, yeah, golfgods.com or look on the Instagram because it, it's quite, it's such a simple idea. Yeah but wonderfully clever. What else in terms of ideas and and any other sort of products, do you you sort of have a little think tank moment or is it just you get inspired when you're chatting about it? Yeah, I think it's just randomly getting inspired after a couple of beers. That's when we do our best work. And, you know, we don't sort of push it. We like to, you know, come up with new ideas all the time, Mm. but, you know, it's sort of, it's just that consistency of being together, working together, chatting together, and it only takes one little idea. And now we've got the structures in place to, basically manufacture anything out of China we want very, very quickly. We've got a team in China. I can WhatsApp my girl and say, I want this. I want to make that. We could have a sample within five to seven days. Check it out. Yep, let's manufacture that and we're on. So give us a bit of an idea. We're seven years in now. You've got half a million followers there. Are you happy to share what sort of money you're turning over ballpark a year? Roughly about six million. 
So it's gone Jeez. from a thousand bucks each to six million a year pretty quickly. <laughs> in that amount of time. And obviously you have everything here, but you're thinking about a warehouse in yeah, pre, America. Pre COVID we were in talks to set that up and we were holding events over there and that was And what sort of events when you're talking events? What are what's a golf course event? Yep. Um yeah, sell out 160 tickets or 140 tickets. Um, we'd keep a section for sort of influencers and um, people, Had people like, like Paige Renee. Paige <clears throat> Renee, you've probably seen her on every news mm-hmm. article going around. Aaron Hicks, Aaron from, Hicks the from the New York, New York Yankees. Yankees. So uh, right. different people that are into golf. Yep. Um, and it, like for anyone, golf's a, it's almost a secondary sport for so many sports people. So yeah. um, it was easy to get professional sports people that yeah. were so you're essentially golf. creating corporate golf days or yeah. that sort so of we idea but our vibe on it was just like it, it's a corporate day the way we know it in australia but it's yeah. it's just a day of yeah so we'd target our events would be the week of a pga event in that town so our, yep. our flagship event was um a waste management open if you don't know that's the the party hole two hundred thousand. it's at arizona isn't it yeah mm. arizona scott stuff it's the one time where you're actually allowed to throw golf etiquette out yep. people are drinking in the crowd yep Throwing their cups yep. on there, just loud. Yep, whatever. perfect event. Two hundred thousand people yeah. uh, around, basically three holes of golf, hole sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. So we would hold our event on the Tuesday leading in, and everyone was coming into town looking for tee times to play. So an event like that was perfect. You know, mm. would, you, you could see some Instagram influencer, you could see a sports person, and things like that. And we'd have tequila stations, beer stations, <laughs> Mexican food. We'd ha- we'd have the works there, and it wasn't about playing or winning yep. it was about having a good time and, and we still like so cobra puma were the head sponsor we yep. had um yep. yeah sponsorship from local alcohol brands and like vodka and that as well so it was a really local or a, you know that yep. particular area we had yeah from cobra puma as the head sponsor to lots of local businesses involved yeah and sell them out and just basically have and a they party. Would just sell out yeah just yeah. on that, it's probably time that hang on i'll just yeah, crack some more so. beers yeah just have another little west end i've never done a podcast yet with uh with beers Beautiful. We normally. What do you think? I like it. I think it's got some merit, especially when the major sponsor is one of the best beers going around, Adelaide-based beer. Old school. Yeah. Right. So time for another West End. Yep. We just put, we're putting ads in now. They'll be very happy about this. We're putting our own in. So now you're saying turning over near six million, that sort of thing. How many staff have you got? Uh, casual and full-time staff. I think there's around thirteen going around now so we've got majority based in Adelaide um we've got one in China who does all our purchasing mm-hmm. works solely for us but one in the Philippines we had two we've sort of gone down to one there that looks all of our customer service so you know they're very very good they'll wake up at three three o'clock in the morning start doing customer service while we're still sleeping so we wake up and a lot of the customer service have already been answered to especially with our a majority American client mm. base, different time zones. So they would wake up and already the e- the emails are full of inquiries or mm. whatever. So that was sort of really good. And we've really concentrated on making sure our customer service is, is top notch because that's what, you know, people want to not feel that we've just taken their money and they don't hear anything from us. And yeah, so it's grown out. We've got a warehouse in Edwardstown. We've got casual staff, full-time staff, and now uh, another showroom, another office about 100 metres down the road. So two facilities. And we have had a uh, warehouse in Florida as well. So not just self-made businessmen or do you call yourself entrepreneurs? Not really. Not, we <laughs> just sort of, we just crack on. Like yeah. it's, I, yeah. We don't really put a name to it. We've never said oh you're the ceo of this company or you're that we just we just get in work we've we've done a lot of it ourselves it's only in the last sort of 12 months that we've really started employing staff yeah we just used to do everything we used to sit up all night and pack orders and um, i do all the design and all of that sort of stuff so it was just all done by us yeah well yeah. can i call you entrepreneurs yeah absolutely well you are you are because yeah. you've created what is now an international company with i imagine enormous amounts of growth and once you, I suppose, crack that US market particularly, and I know you're yep. big in Europe and all that as well, there must be so much potential yeah. to grow. We, although 90% of our stuff already does go overseas, the American market is still very untouched, mm. whether it's wholesale, whether it's direct-to-consumer. Direct Being based here, obviously the Americans love that Amazon thing where it's sort of next day, two-day delivery. Yep. Obviously we can't offer that, but also they can't buy it. Their, our products anywhere else. So it's the yeah. competition. If you want a shocker glove, you're going to come and buy it off us and be happy to wait seven to nine days to get the delivery. Given you've sort of, you know, done parodies of some of these other big brands, have you started to find anyone sort of trying to compete with you guys on the sort of level range, the fun side of golf that you're doing? Yeah, Any you, knockoffs? you see it around a bit. And um, 
it's it's one of those things that goes, you know, it's probably... They the, don't seem to be touching the cocaine hooker hats or the two in the pink, the no dick putter. No one harder than we did. Not that they should. <laughs> but, but it's um, the party polo. So you're seeing yeah. more and more um, in America and in Australia, they pop up every day. So mm. someone will see it and go, oh, I can... I can do, I can make those, I can do that. But mm. we're so far d- deep into the American stuff and what we're doing, we don't even yep. care. Yeah. yeah. Live Golf's coming here. Yep. What sort of opportunities is that? Because that's obviously going against the establishment, you know, the convention yep. of traditional PGA and all that sort of thing. And are there opportunities for you to do some stuff there perhaps? Yeah, we've been in conversations with them even before the Adelaide event was announced about, you know, what, if it mm. comes to Australia, we want to, you know, promote. And ultimately it's about just, it's professional golf. So if PGA Tour board an event here, we'd be just as excited to try and do something that even though they don't, they PGA don't the uh, <laughs> do much. Well, they don't, they've never done any favors for us along the journey, but yeah, we hope that uh, we can, we're going to be keen to get down there and party. Mm. And we'll uh, do our events. Obviously by that stage, we'll have the simulator at the warehouse, the showroom open, do a number of meet and greets possibly with uh, you know, a couple of the guys that are in the, the live mm. players that are on social media and just, yeah, take people down there, get around it. All wear party polos, a bit like the old fanatics back in the day, get out there and yep. be loud and have don't fun. have to be obnoxious and rude and d- disruptive, but yes. yeah, just get out there and have a good time and yeah, just bring yep. that younger group of people through golf and really enjoy it. Get your shocker glove on and just get your fist up in the air and <laughs> show people <laughs> what you need. <laughs> Projected wise, what are your sort of plans going forward? Now you've talked about the potential of a warehouse in the US. Yep. I could imagine now that yeah, you seem a legitimate businessman and just self-educated businessman, which I find fantastic because you've done all the roles yourselves. Yep. What's next? Definitely the the warehouse in Arizona is our next thing. I think that will really take take us to the next level. A lot of the the e-commerce business side of things, we're talking about looking at conversion rates. So how many people are coming onto our site? So how many people are converting? And we know that obviously with our longer shipping times mm. that it can affect conversion rate. So being able to plonk our products in the US. Conversion rate, you yeah. mean people searching and then fulfilling and so making people an order? That actually that come onto the website yep. to then fulfill their complete their order. So it's a bit of a metric in e-commerce that you judge your site on it. Mm -hmm. One thing is getting traffic there. The next thing is converting them into a purchaser. And yeah, as Dale said, if we could offer that quick shipping in the US, which they get from and everything thinking if locally. you added you, you turn around you increase your conversion rate by one percent it's big dollars yep. so and it's yep. not that hard it's literally just getting stuff to them quicker mm-hmm. a lot of our stuff is for particular events birthday presents so if you're a bit late on it and go oh, i've got an event on friday i want to go to get a golf gods polo ah uh, yep. nine day delivery uh, it's too late i'll just go buy one from somewhere yep. somewhere else so yes. that's what we we think and yeah obviously by doing that we know that the the total revenue will grow. Mm. I'm stunned by this because I just think I love the fact that you guys have just come up with an idea. You've navigated your way through it. Were there, and you obviously said there were times when you just went, stuff this, we've had enough. Yeah. What's been the biggest challenge for each of you going through all of this process? Obviously the court cases, like the, those sort of things, they do really weigh on you. So, you know, if, don't go into parodies and that sort of stuff mm. if you're not willing to do that. But Really, for what we we're doing it, we're best mates. We're doing it together. We hang out. We text each other all night. You know, there's not too much that it never gets us. out of control. Where you could, and I suppose if you were on your own running a business, you could let yeah. something really grind you down and yeah. get to a bad point. We're only ever a message away from yeah. one saying, "Ah, oh, this sucks. We need to sort this out." Or yeah. why wasn't this done? Right, let's action it. And yeah, someone so, might, yeah. I might not be onto something and he might go, hey, if you've done that, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And the same vice versa for him. You might, you know, but if you do it on your own, you might go, ah, oh, there's this and you let it lag and you let it lag. and it all get overwhelming. And, yep. But yep. having, yep. you know, your best mate by your side, it doesn't, you know, nothing really too phases us. How far does the friendship go back? Uh, we were, we were from both from Gawler. Yep. I went to Trinity. I just listened to the Travis Head podcast the other week. Same good bloke, same area as us. Um, and, uh, well, we were probably about 15 or 16 when we sort of knew of each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't really start hanging out really. 18 to 19, we both moved, um, to the south, south of the city from yeah. Gawler at the same yeah. time separately for yeah. separate so reasons. So Gawler, for those people that aren't familiar when we're here in Adelaide, you're talking sort of just north of Metro area just before the Barossa. Yep. Yep. 
That's right. So, yeah, yeah. So, so out of Metro. Well, that area, we, we literally, well, I lived in Edwardstown on the same street. Our office is now, so I moved out of Gawler to Edwardstown. Right. He was on Anzac Highway, so. Good street, because there was a shooting there the other day. That's yeah. right. Where <laughs> just this week. Yeah, there was I was just trying to sell my house, and it cost me a couple of buyers, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because we moved that side of the city mm. at the same time, we were playing footy together, playing footy. as in with um, amateur footy and that, yep. and so, yeah. Pretty much all our twenties, we we hung out, and yep. in our thirties, we've been in kicking the footy where centrals for a bit. Yeah, uh, they played a bit more than I did, and then uh, Kilburn. Kilburn. Oh yeah, the the chicks. Yeah, yeah. Or the knights. They were the knights when I was yeah, there. The Kilburn chicks. chicks yeah. Little then, little uh, Chicago. Yep. Yeah. Kilburn. And then well, Greenacres. Greenacres. Oh yeah. And yeah. And then I finished up at Wallaroo. Yeah. But, um, Not very successful footy careers. Well, for me personally, I was probably touch better footballer than I am a golfer, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys are massive in the golf world. For those people that are listening here going, how good is this? Two mates got together, threw in a few grand, and they've been able to, well, you're living your dream, I imagine, aren't you? Yep. You're living yep, your yeah, dream? Absolutely. Yep. What's your advice to someone sitting back going, how could I do this? Yeah. The first thing is have a crack. Literally, you know, when I first started the, the, the Golf Gods Instagram page, it was having a chat with a, a guy that I used to work with and he's probably kicking himself now because I said, oh, I've got this idea. We start this page called Golf Gods. We do all the funny stuff. We're drinking and we're doing all this. And, and he's, Nate, my Nate, he's like, Buddy Bear would be in for that. He'd be really good at that. And I'm like, yeah, he would be. So I left it there. I literally went home that night, started the page, started posting. He was in London. He came back. I think it was just before New Year's, and we we're playing around a golf. I said, "Mate, I've got." I've got no, 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 it wasn't. That wasn't how you pitched it. <laughs> it was about three o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah, and we were having a party, and he goes, "Mate, I've got this idea. I, I want you to get involved." And he explained it, and I was like, "Not just because of the state of the night it was, but also mm. just I'm like, mate, I don't play golf. I don't even like it. I don't really <laughs> like Instagram. I'm a hundred percent in." Shook his hand and said, "Lock me in. I'm in." But you need to have lunch with me tomorrow and actually explain this properly because I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm right. keen because I yeah. come back from London broke and I'm like, I'll willing yeah, to do so that, whatever. That's so. the thing. If you've got an idea, you think you want to do something, just operate and just do it. Mm. And that's what I learned is that you progress. Oh, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that. And if you just never do it, it's never going to happen. And then be consistent at doing it. And that's mm. what got us to where we are today, but just got us to a point where we could actually grow something out of it. It was the consistent of posting. It was just, yeah, taking that step forward and just really, yeah, if you've got, got an idea, just have a crack. I've got a million ideas now. I'm trying to think how I can do it. I think yeah. I need the advice from you guys well, to work. I'm well, trying to make this podcast grow as well. Because, that, you know, so that, that actively by doing it, that's the start because, yeah. you know, an idea and you can talk about an idea as much as you want. You can have as many beers and, oh, we could build this and we can do that if we get mm. this. But until you've actually either got a customer or you've got a product or you've got something there mm. that's real, it's still just an idea. So you've, you've just got to get it going, yeah. get, it, get it happening and see what happens from it. So you've talked about obviously a warehouse in Arizona uh, and I imagine how regularly you guys fly into the US to like run the type of events that you're running. So pre-COVID, uh, we were, we were due to run four events. So we had Scottsdale, Arizona, California, Florida, and Vegas, um, all tied in with PGA events. Obviously COVID hit Feb 21. We're on our way uh, home. We're on our Arizona. way home and everyone's going through LAX and all these people started wearing masks and we're like, what the hell's going on? My wife says, have you heard about this virus? And I'm like, nah, it's all right. It's all good. And then came home. And Getting into sure. Sydney and seeing like a dedicated line saying, if you've been to China that way and everyone in hazmat suits was like, <laughs> oh, that's a bit more than just a, uh, a normal common So we cold. got back. We did our event uh, this year in Arizona. Mm. Um, we had it all planned, had all, all ready to go, and the Omicron variant sort of hit. It was yep. just as things were about to – we thought, yeah, we are going to be able to get on a plane and go to America. We couldn't go back over there, so we had our some mates just run that event for us and sort of we have sort of left it. We were going to do it this year, but – in Scottsdale, we've got the Super Bowl that same weekend. So you've got waste management, yep. Super Bowl on that Sunday, and accommodation's just literally gone from mm. $3,000 for nine days to $40,000 for things. So we're certainly not going to do that one in February, but we will get to California in May yep. and then hope the, the, the Florida and Vegas ones later next year. So forty grand for your accommodation. You got to sell a fair few uh, shocker gloves and dick putters to <laughs> yeah, make that. Yeah? <laughs> it's too many. It's too many. Yeah, <laughs> we'd already been there a few times, so we're uh, yeah. But we're happy to go. Mm. The, yeah, the waste management event is next level. If you're a golfer and want to bucket list uh, a golf event, I recommend it's anyone going there. Yeah. yeah. What's the best thing about this 
big journey so far and I feel like I'm on some stupid reality show using a wanker word like journey, yeah. but it is a journey, isn't it, that you've been on? What's What's been the best part? I like it? having um, just control over what we do. It was probably the one thing in construction I got sort of sick of was you sort of, uh, you see something's happening on site and then it's not up to you and mm. what do you know, you're just a plumber and all that sort of stuff. So the fact that we can just control the products we sell, the processes, having that control is what I'll enjoy about it. Yep. Um, at least we're only accountable to each other rather mm. than, oh, this would be great if the boss approved it or if something else mm. like that kind of happens. So Yeah, it's probably the same for me. We can <clears throat> do whatever we want, whether it's throw a big party, like Golf Gods Invitational like we did and literally all we did was throw a big party and play golf with a whole heap of friends. It's just that freedom to, you know, sell a dick putter or sell a hat with cocaine <laughs> hookers written on it. <laughs> it's, not- there's, there's nothing that we really won't go down now you know, you, you, nothing you won't go down now. Well, <laughs> you were filthy before. I don't know what's going on with you, Blake. Seriously. <laughs> Who are some of the biggest fans of your gear from around the world? Because I know down at your warehouse, there's some, uh, you know, some jerseys and all that up there, merchandise yeah, from some big stars. One of the best ones was Kevin Peterson. I think he was really into it back in the day. We'd send him stuff. Next thing he's wearing it everywhere. and Gave us some and, good shout outs with just organically just did it because he loved it um, yep. which was a lot of fun um and kelly then slater kelly slater who sent us photos wearing a hat randomly yeah uh, we'd send them to him but he without you knowing you didn't send anything to him he we just sent it we to sent him, it to him but then oh, he would just send a selfie wearing a hat yeah because he loves his golf yeah he loves he's his golf. golf that's the good thing about golf it like sean said before the it is like a second sort of sport for the um the professional athletes yep yeah, so we've had access to a lot of those guys and, you know, when you've got a New York Yankee coming to your golf event and then a few months later he's hitting home runs in the, the playoffs, is that what you call yeah. it? Thing? Like, yeah, it is, yeah, surreal. Have you ran a Golf Gods big tournament in Adelaide yet? Uh, we did run one in, the, before we started doing them in America, we ran one here at Flagstaff Hill yep. and it was just such hard work. Mm. The The difference between the Australian golf courses, they're obviously membership driven and mm. all of that and where the Americans are privately owned. So they're all sort of set up for those events and happy to have you. Mm. The Australian courses are, are very hard to deal with, whether you've got to get it approved by the board to have a day off. Flaggy was good. The event was good. So and we did have flags we, we, we wanted to do a follow up at a different course and we spoke to them. They said, oh, we'll take that to the board and the next oh, board yeah. meeting is in three weeks. I'm like, oh, we kind of want to launch it next week. Like, cause yeah. we just come up with stuff and like, let's do it. And yeah. All right, wait for the board meeting. And then they have board meeting, it comes back. And like, oh, they're happy with eight of 12 points, but these right. are, and we're just like, you know what? It's this is hard. just too hard. So and then we, we went to America and it was easy. We were doing it from our office in Edwardstown, did the whole thing, organized absolutely everything from Edwardstown. It was really? easier to do it. We in had a guy that we co-hosted it with in America. Mm. So he worked with us and he was on mm. the on the ground guy. Yeah. But for us to put that together from here was, was easier than, yeah. in all aspects, sponsorship. Yep. Players, yep. courses, approvals, food, it was just easier. So, so, so much easier to do that out of here, yep. over there, than it would be to do a course 20 minutes away from where you were sitting. Yep. yep. And they sell out quicker. There's obviously so many more people over there, but they just they just get it around it. And yeah, if we did another one here, I no doubt would sell it out and mm. things like that. But yeah, just trying to work with the courses can be, mm. can be difficult. Um, is there one pie in the sky idea or is there one thing that you're just sitting above that you go, we really want to be able to do this, whether it's perhaps an item or whether it's a, an event or an activity or something that you just really like your, your gold standard. After idea? the U S um, warehouse slash distribution point, probably having one in Amsterdam, it's just the, the <laughs> yeah, hub of European Europe. Hub. Some of our products fit the area. Yep. Devil's lettuce. Devil's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> big oh, seller, the, um, yeah, that is a big The seller. place of Europe, that'd be kind of like, wow. The American thing was happening before COVID and mm. I'm sure we can just get that going again. But Europe, to sell direct to European customers, they have different import taxes and there's a lot more barriers for customers yep. there. So to have a hub where we could really mm. service that whole region um, yep. would be would be pretty epic. So you said about 90% of your gear goes overseas. Yep. Have you got sort of rough breakdowns of what's going where? What percentages? Probably about 70% is going to the US and then it's sort of UK, Canada or Australia's probably comes in after that. Mm. And then UK, Canada, sort of, sort of the same, then New Zealand. Then you've, but I think we've sold to just over a hundred and something 
countries this year. So pre-COVID, it was more. COVID, yeah. there's been some restrictions still with different with, countries, like even like Finland that had restrictions uh, to, to to ship Australia Post to ship to. Literally, we could turn Finland on tonight. The shipping is available, and we would have ten orders tomorrow. South right. Africa's the same. They are sitting there on our site waiting to be able to buy it. Yep. And um, yeah. haven't been able to send it to them. Sometimes we'd accidentally, something would happen and we'd accidentally have turned Finland on and the like, warehouse guys, we've got, we got 10 orders from uh, <laughs> Finland overnight. It's like, ah, fuck, we've got to turn that off again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Well, boys, I can just say congratulations because I think what you've done is brilliant. And like I said, it, it's an Australian movie waiting to be made. <laughs> and I don't think it should be Vin Diesel and who you and Seth Ray. We've got to find some Aussie Someone. blokes that can play you. Yeah, yeah. I need to think a bit better about. I think Aussie you can actually play yourselves. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll Seriously, play. it is just a brilliant success story. And I think for anyone listening there, you know your your best advice was just go and have a crack. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Go and do something. Learn on the way. Yep. Essentially, you're self-made and you're self-taught. Yep. Brilliant, boys. I think it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm actually taken aback because I just think it, it's so remarkable and it's just so wonderful because you hear people bitching and whinging about how much they hate their jobs or yeah. life's mundane yep. and you guys have gone had a crack at it and you can actually determine your future. But not only that, have some real fun and share it with your mate. I reckon is just extraordinary. Dale and also Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Now, you guys are obviously Merch Kings. Now, we are just... Uh, just navigating our way through this whole uh, yep. world of podcasts and so forth. So we have some merch Good. as well. Thank you. I'm a bit embarrassed because we're out of hoodies, so I've got to get some new ones made for That's you. That's all right. But we've got these yeah, hats, cool. right? So I'll we've got the soda room hats, and Love importantly, it. we've got the uh, we've got the stubby holders that are sponsored by West End. So yep. I should have given you them at the start so you yeah. could put your West End beer that you're uh, enjoying. But I know you guys know your gear as well. That's so quality hat. It's not yeah. too bad. Yeah, we think, and it's good. got a nice shape. You know, yeah, when you get a good yeah. shaped hat, yeah. you'll That's always wear important. it. Yeah. Um, so we've tried to make sure that they're pretty good. But guys, honestly, thank you so much for joining us. I wish Thanks you nothing but the best of luck. And it is now one of my bucket list items in my life is to go to Scottsdale yeah. and play yeah, in a tournament to with you guys. Year with us. Yeah, oh, next year, year after. Yeah. It'd be brilliant. Yeah. Oh, mate, I'll be wearing my shocker glove. I'll be swinging my dick putter <laughs> around left, right and centre. You'll have them all then. Love good. <laughs> good on you, boys. Thanks, Thanks mate. Cheers. Cheers. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. Now, if you love what you just heard, please subscribe to the Soda Room podcast. You could write a review. Uh, you can watch the show on YouTube and share it with your buddies. And if you'd like to get in touch with the show, drop us a line. Info at thesodaroom.com. Catch you soon.